0: Better than this, guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Monday episode of the show. Kyle, the draft order was set by Vegas Super Bowl odds. Good morning. Welcome.
1: It's Mock Draft Monday. It's Mock Draft Monday. Feels good, man. We're back.
0: Like, the engagement on the content. I posted this thing, like, right at midnight on, I guess, what is it, Monday morning or whatever, midnight on Monday. And it was nice to see, like, yeah, it's August 3rd. But people were fired up, man. You know, a lot of engagement, a lot of thoughts, a lot of good discussions.
1: Were they angry?
0: Uh, you know who was angry? And I'm, I'm embarrassed to say this. Bills fans for saying, oh, the Bills won't be picking at 20. Like, as if I didn't go out of my way, like, in the tweet and in the lead of the article to make sure everybody knew. You should you know. They're never going to read this. Nobody, nobody's
1: Why? ever going to open up
0: a mock draft Why Bills and say right? any of this. Why couldn't it have been somebody else? Not, you know, one, not one other fan base. And, I mean, I'm talking about a tweet that's got a lot of engagement on it so far. Not one other fan base was like, oh, the, they're not going to be picking there.
1: Somebody well, he made the, a
0: joke about it, but Bills fans are like, oh, they won't be picking 20th. Like, come on.
1: Here's the thing, dude. If the Bills win the division, but they don't get a first round bye, they're playing in the wild card round. If yeah. they go 10 and six and they lose in the first round, yeah, you could be picking 20. Right.
0: And guess what? I don't think anything would have been different if it was like, <laughs> it was right. Okay. We'll move
1: we'll up to 24, and you're still going to have the same pick.
0: So, what about here's what would have been different? I gave the Bills cornerback Patrick Sertan. The Jets, with that was the Seattle pick, got Sean Wade at 22. So, and then I had Tyson Campbell, the cornerback, Georgia going at 25. So, shuffle around those cornerbacks, and it would have been one of them. You get a different (laughs) score. Worst case scenario, they get Paulson to Debo at 29 if they really make a run.
1: (laughs) And from a scheme specific standpoint, it might not have changed at all. Right.
0: Okay. All right. So yeah, it was set off uh, draft order. I guess we want to talk a lot about my mock today, but first man, like CJ Mosley opted out and I don't want to get into why he made that decision, but I think it is good for us to talk about the impact on the jets who trade away Jamal Adams. They have CJ Mosley opt out and then they released their starting left guard, Brian Winters. And so like in a very short period of time, they lost their two-star players. Really, probably their only two-star players and three starters, man. It's um, it's some – I don't think you could ever be surprised when Adam Gase is your head coach in terms of personnel decisions, but, man, that's a big hit.
1: Yeah, this is – um, this is tough for – because Mosley only played three quarters last year, right, against Buffalo. And then he got hurt, and yeah. he missed the rest of the year.
0: He was good in those three quarters. Pick six and everything, man.
1: Yeah, so – but this was a, a monster – contract that he signed 75 uh, five-year deal and thus far through the first two seasons of it granted it, he's not gonna burn a season of that contract correct
0: no it just froze yeah. right
1: so he'll still have four years left on his deal but it'll he will be two years removed from have signing the deal and he'll play three quarters of football which is tough and like you said it's like you know, from a family perspective he he's doing what he feels like is best for him and his family and but from the team's perspective this is a tough pill to swallow now
0: especially for a guy that like durability has was his thing in Baltimore he was there for 5 years probably right, for four forever. out of 5 years he plays 99% of the snaps in 14 15 and 17 84% of them in 16 85% in 18 guys going to play two games in 2019 and 2020 combined so a total of 114 yeah. snaps, man. That's
1: So, when you look at this from a financial perspective for C.J. Mosley, he knocked this out of the park. So, he signed this deal. This is a tweet from Albert Breer. Jets linebacker C.J. Mosley has already acquired over $29 million in his pocket off the five-year deal he signed in March of 2019. This is $7.5 million signing bonus the day he signed the contract. He got a $10.5 million roster bonus in March of this year already. (laughs) And then his base salary for this year, which is what will be frozen, is $1 million. And
0: he takes a $150,000 advance on that. And we just pick up where we left off next year. So and presumably, he, without Adam Gase. So he opted out and got ten and a half million dollars this year yeah. because of the roster bonus. His bills should be paid. You know, be all right. Yeah, be eating well and, you know, it'll, no it'll brainer
1: fine. from his perspective. If he had concerns about yeah. you no know, safety, it's okay. Yeah. I've already got financially speaking. I'm going to lose. It. I'm taking like a, a less than ten percent pay reduction.
0: Yeah. I'm you can make $10 million, go pretty far. I don't know. Never, never been in that spot. Yeah. But. <laughs> you'd like to think I'll probably never know. Uh, Kyle, between your never ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, And your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the United States, Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left right at your door. Right now, our listeners can get five dollars off and zero delivery fees on their first order of fifteen dollars or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code locked on. That's five bucks off your first order and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the app store and enter code locked on. Don't forget that's code locked on for five bucks off your first order with DoorDash. All right, Kyle. I did a mock draft, 1.0, it's out. I bless the Dolphins. What do you want to talk about?
1: Well, it's, uh, first <laughs> of all, let's wish Tom Brady happy birthday. No. Birthday. <laughs> Is it really his birthday? Yeah, he's turned 43 today.
0: You know what? Happy birthday, happy Tom. Happy birthday, Tom. I've never been happier for you. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I'm super
1: excited to wish you happy birthday this year.
0: 43, or August 3rd, 1977.
1: All right, so I'd like to just read through the top ten. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to give away the whole thing because I want to prompt some folks. You know, if if it's not a topic that we discuss, go read the mock draft, right? But the top ten is interesting. Trevor Lawrence at one to Jacksonville. Justin Fields at two to Washington. Penny Sewell at three to Cincinnati. Trey Lance four to Carolina. Jamar Chase at five to the New York Jets. Micah Parsons at six to the Miami Dolphins. Greg Rousseau at seven to the New York Giants, Marvin Wilson at 8, to the Las Vegas Raiders, Jalen waddle receiver, Alabama at 9, to the Miami Dolphins, and Christian Barmore at 10, to Detroit. What was the, the pick here that most surprised you to slot? Um, honestly,
0: Barmore. Barmore? Well, what was that? Barmore? Yeah, I think I think Barmore was buying into a lot of upside there, right? And and you know, I think that the Lions defensive tackle situation right now is pretty shaky. And then you sort of think about obviously if they're picking in the top ten, you know, they won six games, maybe seven, maybe you know, somewhere between five and seven games. And Patricia's gotta be gone, right? and the thing about that lions defense with patricia and he's been very carefully selecting the players that he wants to run it is a lot of those guys aren't really universal scheme fits that you're going to be able to pick up you know that personnel and, and run some other scheme and so it gets even more tricky when you think about the defensive line and i think that barmore between you know this the ceiling that he showed in the 300 or so snaps he played last year you know his pedigree the role he's expected to fill this year And the fact that it would give them a dude, kind of a guy that they can really anchor things up front at a position of need that'll help them with whatever scheme transition they're going to head into. Mm I thought that made a lot of sense to me, but it was a little bit surprising. Also surprising was number two with Washington because I didn't feel, you know, we've talked about TDN scouting meetings. We've been talking quarterbacks. We've all been watching NFL quarterbacks and really, you know, trying to slot them and rank them together and really bringing good discussion to the table. And, we, we talked about Haskins for a while, and mostly we came away with some very positive vibes about him uh, and, and what he can be moving forward. And, and um, you know, I, I definitely wasn't ready to say, well, you know, they need to move on from Haskins. But you start to think about it when they're picking two, you know, and I know this is reverse Super Bowl odds and those types of things, and, and things could change. But if they really do end up earning that number two pick – you got to feel like maybe Ron Rivera is going to want to have his opportunity to get his guy to really build and take this football team forward. And sort of that kind of forced my hand a little bit and and wanted to present a scenario where that was what I wound up doing at two. And you you can see the domino effect from there.
1: Did you get any angry feedback from Washington fans yet regarding that? Because it's a perfectly reasonable stance to take that says, listen, if the season goes bad enough that Washington picks two and Joe wins our bet, between New York and Washington. <laughs> it probably didn't turn out well for Dwayne. So yeah, yeah let's you yeah, know it's another another swing of the bat here.
0: I'm only eight hours into it, right? So I posted it at midnight. It's it's eight fifteen AM as I say these words. And you know, I haven't I haven't started to respond back to the feedback, which I'm going to here as, as my schedule f- frees up. Um, but not not yet from from them. Not not yet. So it's it's kind of it, it makes sense, so I think a reasonable person could understand why I would go with that. And I even I said good things about Haskins in the analysis. So
1: one of the most surprising assignments that you gave to me was at fourteen. Atlanta Falcons, <laughs> and you're all in on this Bruce Feldman's freak list for K. Witty Pay from Michigan because I like K. Witty Pay. Yeah. But I don't think anybody's mocked him in the top
0: 15 yet, have they? Uh, Not until I did. You know, look, I think I listened to you probably present 80 to 100 players this summer. I mean, we all did to our group, right, about that Mm -hmm. many. And and, um, you could tell there's a lot of guys that we really like – Want to like a lot and love them, and like you could feel it in the way we talk about it, you can read it in the report, but it's just like uh, I, I can't put him that high yet. But you sort of want to kind of felt that way when you talked about pay, right? And then you see the production, you see that he played running back in high school. The guy doesn't even, you know, he's new to playing defensive line, you see the athletic profile, he's number one on Feldman's freaks list. And I'm like, someone's gonna buy into that, right? And so I thought about the Falcons, they got Dante Fowler. And it's like betting on the upside here to really change the dynamics of this pass rush situation that, you know, between Beasley and Toc McKinley not really being the players they envisioned them to become, to have your veteran, the, everybody knows what you're getting in Fowler, but to, to take this type of a swing here, it, it felt good. And it's August, man, so I, I, I took a swing there. And I felt like you wanted to like him even more than you said. Probably.
1: That's probably fair. Uh, You know who I do like?
0: Uh, Lots of players.
1: Tyler Shelvin. I know he's your dude, right? And you put him on the perfect defense. Yeah. You put him at 21 to Pittsburgh. Now, you don't often see nose tackles going in the first round these days. But when you're Pittsburgh and you got the speed you do at linebacker, and you have the opportunity to put Tyler Shelvin to replace Siobhan Hargrave in between some of the other studs and horses that they have up front defensively. And also knowing Joe us talking about their salary cap, that's a position that you know the, the defensive line, interior defensive line may be taking a, a significant hit this offseason. Uh, as far as their ability to retain all their talent. Talk to me about the decision to put Tyler Shelvin here at twenty one.
0: Uh, it took a hit going into this year, right? With Javon Hargrave now being a member of the Eagles and Stefan Tuitt coming back is going to be a big help for them. But I mean, this team has relied on guys like Daniel McCullers for too long, even when they've had Hargrave Hayward and Tuitt healthy, right? He plays a fair amount of snaps. And so, yeah, I mean, you mentioned he's, he's kind of a nose tackle, um, but I'll say this and, and you, you liked happy birthday to Marv Levy as well. Turned 95 today. That guy's got the same birthday. It's, it's Tom Brady okay uh but you and I both liked Dexter Lawrence right this uh Mm -hmm. the Clemson defensive lineman I think you had him higher than me but I had him relatively high compared to you know some of our peers in in the you know the draft industry and so thought to myself you know Dexter Lawrence goes 17 overall I think Shelvin's a player that I like at least as much if not more than Lawrence and I mean this guy's like 360 pounds but like he's super explosive like I remember I, I said this during our scouting meeting. I, I watched the Boston College – or not Boston College, uh, obviously. He didn't play them. LSU played some team that played a ton of wide zone, and I'm like, I'm really impressed by how this guy can get lateral and 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 track down the ball carrier and how – like when guys – running backs are trying to get by him, just how he's able to kind of hinge and pivot and, you know, work back across his frame to, to get his hands on guys and, and drag them down. Like I just kind of felt like – there is was enough dynamic movement skills here to go with a 360 pound frame that you're not going to move. Like this guy's an absolute tank, but he also, when he gets that going forward, man, he's a game wrecker. So felt like, you know, Pittsburgh's going to stay true to their identity. They want these types of, these types of horses up front, man, and, and uh, be a big addition to them kind of maintaining that, that high level of uh, defensive line play, you know? So it, it made sense to me. I'm not sure that, I, I There was a whole lot of other spots I would have slotted in, but it just kind of made a lot of sense.
1: So what was the hardest team for you to slot a player for? Because that's always a fun kind of subplot to these is like, man, like this board just felt like shit for you. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't like what you got. So who is that team?
0: You know, I, I there's probably a lot. Um, Patriots are always very difficult to um slot because as much as you think you have a grasp on their trends they they'll buck them in a second um and you know they trade out so frequently so you know i i wind up giving them devonta smith the wide receiver from alabama and i feel okay about that because i think his technical refinement as a player you know i think his his consistency that i think he can bring will be helpful to whoever you know they wind up going with long term at quarterback uh, but it's not one that I look back at and say, ah, you know, I really want to defend that pick if a lot of people come at me, if you will, because I, I can see it going a number of different ways. The other one that stands out to me is Green Bay at 26. Uh, we just know they don't really take receivers. And so it was hard for me to give them a receiver. But sometimes it's just like, this just makes too much sense. They need this type of player. I want to give them Rondell Moore from Purdue. It's like, that's a type of player that they don't have on their offense right now. And I think could bring a lot of value uh, to you know, just keeping that thing on schedule, giving them a guy that can produce and create offense for themselves to go with, you know, some of their size options and a couple of tight ends. I know they want to get involved and they're going to want to run the football. And so get yourself this type of player. I mean, that, that can impact the game differently than anything you have. So um, those were two of the tougher teams, to be honest with you.
1: Now let's talk about wide receiver. Yep. You had Jamar Chase go at five yep. to the Jets. You had Jalen Waddle go at nine to Miami, and you were a man after my heart with that decision.
0: I didn't didn't want to do
1: that. but I bet you didn't because it makes too much sense, right?
0: Dolphins came out smelling like a rose with these two picks, man. Jeez.
1: Now, we didn't get anybody else until Devonta down at 24th, as you already mentioned. So Mm -hmm. what was the dividing factor in you deciding to put – Jalen Waddle, who's had less production over two years with Tua to Miami versus Devonta Smith who had the one year of explosive production last year with Tua.
0: Well I mean it's interesting because they both play for the same team so I could sit here and tell you things about how uh, you know there's this situation where you have Ruggs and Judy and Waddle and Smith and you know Alabama's beaten up on teams and they're not really playing their guys deep into the fourth quarter. And so that plays into it, but it's the same team. Like you said there, I mean, Smith, a little bit of an older player, but um I, I think it comes back to traits and I like Smith, you know, he's, but at the end of the day, he's hundred, maybe 180 pounds. Uh He's not a guy that you're going to be overly impressed with his play strength. Um He's not the most dynamic in terms of athleticism. He's a, he's good at those things, but like, he doesn't have those high level traits and and Waddle does have that Trump card with his speed and explosiveness. And, you know, maybe the sample size isn't as great, right. That's Tua had more production with Smith, but I think that Waddle's the type of weapon that Miami's, going to have to get to really unleash this horizontal spread offense under Chan Gailey and it's not that he's just good at creating after the catch and he's not just good at catching those slant passes and, and, and you know getting up the field it's this guy when he got chances to go down the field and catch the football he was really dynamic as well and, he, and you know he's going to win most foot races and be able to get behind secondaries and he shows that ability to track and catch the football down the field and so I thought he was that you know more of a true three level threat that is missing from the Miami Dolphins weaponry right now and so you know I think kind of the physical gifts plot combined with uh, again a skill set that didn't doesn't exist right now for Miami that's why I went with uh with Waddle there at 9 instead of Smith
1: well I I would say that the skill set you have somebody who everybody wants to buy in on the Dolphins for with that and Ja'Keem Grant yeah but because Jakeem at his pro day ran in the four twos. Yeah. But Jakeem's five seven one sixty. 160. Yeah. And Jalen Waddell does it at five, probably what, five nine and a half, five ten, 185 pounds. He's much mm-hmm. more of a dense football player and uh, has terrific production throughout the course of his first two seasons at Alabama between 850 receiving yards his freshman season and uh, 560 yards his uh, sophomore season averaging over 18 yards a catch over those two seasons, plus the dynamics that he has in the return game. Uh, my question for you, because this will be – there there will inevitably be pushback on Jalen Waddell, right? Pfft,
0: couldn't imagine, but there, okay. There,
1: <laughs> well, there's going to be the questions about, like, the Ted Gins and the John Rosses of the world.
0: Oh, no, okay.
1: You know, you see where I'm going with it? Yeah, so, like, I do. How do we, I hate how do it we so per- much. How do we prepare for that? Because that is inevitably going to happen.
0: I, I would, they're all unique individual human beings. I, I mean, I, yeah, especially because you're talking about Miami who picked Ginn, right? Like in the top 10, something like that. Yeah, it was... they picked
1: Ginn at nine, which is the same spot that you just gave him Waddle in. And John <laughs> oh, no. Ross went at nine, I think.
0: Oh, no. I haven't even thought about that because I, I understand that these are individual human beings with unique circumstances that are entering the NFL at different points in different scenarios. You know what I mean? Uh, and and all of those guys had their own their own personal issues. And, and I'd argue that Ginn eventually wound up being a pretty meaningful contributor. I mean, he still is in the NFL, not a top 10 caliber pick, but. Um, I think it's just buying into the player in Waddle and and the fit with Miami and and Chan Gailey's offense with Tua that I think gives me no hesitation whatsoever. And, um, you know, let Shaquem Grant be a returner. That's where he's dangerous. That's where I get nervous when I play in Miami. And I know that the Bills got to tackle Shaquem Grant on a kicker or punt return. That's where I get nervous. We're talking about a receiver that's caught 31 passes. He's been in the league since 2016, right? Like. Eventually, you have to understand that he's not – is it 31? I want to make sure I got that right. Receptions, uh, targets – 53 receptions, excuse me. Um, you know, like, if you're going to let Jakeem Grant and the hope that he can become a meaningful option in that role when he's Should not Should have really happened shun- by now. Yeah, Should you know happened. what I mean? It, we, he, and he's good at returning. Like, let him just focus all of his attention there. And, you know, limit the – you know, he's had injury problems. He's a small player. Like, take away some of those those hits that he has to take and put Waddle in there. You know, I, I I understand why you asked the question because I think people will naturally gravitate towards, like, like you said there, the John Rosses and the Ted Gins, but it's just not – they're just not the same people and it's not the same situations.
1: Right, and I agree with you. Uh, I just know Dolphins fans – they have this emotional attachment with Jakeem Grant, And he's he's a fun dude. He's a good dude. He's a great person to have in the locker room. But, like, dude's been on IR the last six <laughs> games each the last two years. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, I am all on board for Jalen Waddle. But just looking at the dynamics of him and his resume and assuming, like, if he doesn't get a chance to have a showcase this year, to showcase himself in a larger receiving role with the team, now you're going to, you're inevitably going to get the, oh, well, you know, production's not good. He's only going that high because he's fast. And team, you know, receivers that do that in the past, you know, the John Rosses of the world, and it, 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 he's not even five foot ten, blah, 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 blah. Like you're going to hear all of that.
0: You know, it's interesting. I, I don't know that I can come up with a, the, the only reason I would, go, would think people would want Smith is because of the production, production. right?
1: Production. From a traits perspective, he has no traits physically speaking. And wide receiver is a weird spot, right? Like there are times in which you see guys that, you know, just become like masters of their craft from a route running perspective and they thrive. But like does Devonta Smith at his size and stature have the physicality to win on the outside against long press man coverage?
0: Yeah, and that's the thing with right?
1: consistency you, at you, the NFL level.
0: You forecast that forward, right? And there's good corners in the SEC, and Devonta Smith, you know, had good games against guys like Stingley at LSU, right? So I mean, like you can't take away from it, but it, it is something to be mindful of as as you forecast an entire season against you know you know top corners every week in the NFL. It's right. It's so different.
1: it's if 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 you're taking Devonta Smith in the top ten. You need to feel confident in that answer. And yeah. I I don't think anybody on our staff necessarily does.
0: Yeah, I think at this point I, in time. I think he's dreamy to the Dolphins, to be honest with you. I, I really do. Especially for what they want to do offensively. Like I hope it doesn't happen. As an opponent, please God, pick Devonta Smith. You know? That and and maybe that's something that will help uh people settling on, on it being waddle over Smith.
1: I had one more for you. Don't. Oh, I love my Bears
0: pick. I love my Cardinals pick. What was that one?
1: I Mike, my last question for you was with the offensive tackles.
0: Ah, they were tough, right?
1: Yeah. And they went early.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, it's, it's wound up having three going in the first round. Right. Uh, Obviously. Penny Sewell from Oregon, and then Alex Leatherwood, Alabama, and uh, Sam Cosme from the Chargers. And there's other teams that could have used tackles. And I thought I kind of had Dylan Raduns kind of in my back pocket. I wasn't ready to put Daniel Folele in the first round. I think he feels like kind of more of an early two-type player. And I'm not buying in on Walker Little right now. So, it's man, they were were a challenging position to slot. And so um, I bet on – you know, Cosme, I kind of bet on the upside there. Um, he winds up going top 15, and then Alex Leatherwood as well. They go back to back, actually. Um, just finding needs and, you know, teams that I felt co- sort of like could not justify going in a different direction. So that they were how, difficult.
1: How close were you to going into your offensive line for the Chargers at 12 instead of Cosme?
0: Um, I'll be honest, I I Cosme was one that I was feeling comfortable with there. I, I mean, obviously they have a big needed into your offensive line, but I feel like it's easier to find your answers there. We just can't keep rolling with Sam Tevy, man. And and uh, you know, it's it's just in Trey Pipkins. Like it's no, you stop messing around. You got a young quarterback you just took in you know in the top ten in Justin Herbert. Don't don't Phillip Rivers him by having this shaky offensive line situation. Keep investing. And um, you know, especially at a tackle, where I think the Chargers had their issues inside and outside when it comes to the offensive line. But if you believe it's more, it's easier to get your interior guys than go ahead and you know invest in a toolsy guy like Cosme.
1: Fair enough. Anything else that you have about your mock?
0: What's the? I'm going to ask you a question about it. Okay. What's as you as you look through this thing, one through 32? What's the one where you're like? Man, Joe, I don't, I don't know why you did that. You, sh- that was not hmm. the direction I would have went. Okay, Th- throw me under the bus, man. Let's. Um, I feel like they're all defensible, reasonable picks. So you know, got
1: to you- invoice all my options here.
0: Yeah, something that made you say he. What about twenty uh, seven? Is that weird for you?
1: no I think that makes perfect sense
0: okay all right well people can load up the mock and see it for themselves 19 yeah.
1: 29 makes a lot of sense honestly it it might be Rondale Moore to Green Bay
0: just because they don't pick receivers yeah they <laughs> they,
1: they, they don't do it and even if they did do it he goes against so much of what they I remember I like we had we had this debate leading up to the 2020 draft the entire time and it's like man like I'd really like to get him a smaller shifty guy to put in the slot. And then it's like, yeah, but like everybody on the roster is 6'3". And that's why they should do it. <laughs> and runs in a straight line really fast. Maybe I won't. Maybe yeah. I'll give them somebody that's like that. Yeah, that's and fair. It's like, well, no. And and they just ref- – they, they didn't even not draft a wide receiver in the first round. They didn't draft a wide receiver. Right. At all.
0: And then what if Lafleur say yesterday that he hopes that Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback for a really long yes. time? Yes, yeah. Really long time. Well, put the NFL lens on that, and that means two years maximum.
1: Two years max, and we're hoping we get, you know, a lot of interest in you um, after, after you financially are easy enough for us to move.
0: <laughs> right.
1: We hope right. we can get somebody to give up a one for a 38-year-old quarterback. That's what that means. Whenever uh, we're done here.
0: Yeah, I'm good. We're not done today.
1: No, we are going to be back this evening, eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time. The European TDM premium listeners will be furious with us. But you know what? <laughs> <laughs> we got to work today. So Listen, we're, it'll be, we'll, yeah, yeah.
0: I fell asleep in my office. So I have a love seat in my office. I went to sleep on this love seat about 945, 10 o'clock. I set an alarm. Last night at 11.55 p.m. So I could wake uh, up and yeah. push publish on my mock draft and send the damn tweet, take a piss, and go to bed, all right? If you, you want it, you can some, do it.
1: Somebody's going to just tease you for not just scheduling the tweet and being done with it.
0: Well, guess what you need to schedule a tweet? You need a link. And if people knew about the back end of our website, you would understand <laughs> <laughs> Now that's not possible. Touche. Right? <laughs> right, Touche. So. All
1: right, well, we're done here. We are Draft Dudes Live this evening, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time this evening, Monday night. This is going to be a regular thing. Every Monday we are doing Draft Dudes Live, streaming it. Facebook, YouTube, Periscope slash Twitter. Come follow along for the party, and we are going to have a great time. Your hot takes, Joe's going to get a few in the back burner just to make sure that you know we aren't flying dark going into the show. We can hit the ground running. Uh, but we're going to almost exclusively be pulling live hot takes from you guys. So that's up to you. We will cover as much ground as we possibly can. But that is going to do it for us in the here and now. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino signing off. Thanks, as always, for listening to Draft2's podcast. Come back and see us tonight for the live stream. And if you miss it, come back and listen to the show tomorrow.